Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. This is the second hour of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer in the 630 Chad studios. Oilers Now is brought to you by, for the ninth consecutive season, our title sponsor, Digitex. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and supplies. You can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you've always wanted. Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue. And uh, we are going to head off at this time to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. River Cree Resort and Casino Excitement. Better we welcome back to the show from the Cult of Hockey, David Staples. Hello, David. How are you doing? Fantastic, Bob. How are you today? Good. It was interesting uh, hearing uh, Brian Lawton's take on uh, as a former agent, but also as a guy who's been in the chair as a GM on Evander Kane. What sort of sentiment is out there in the public right now, David? Uh, I know you monitor and those sort of things with the cult of hockey on Evander Kane. Where, where's the fan base at with him? I think there's a lot of resignation, actually. I did hear Brian's comment on Kane, and uh, you know he he held open the possibility that the Oilers might be able to sign him for something in the five million dollar range for on a four year deal. Which, I mean, that sounds really good. I, I think most Oilers fans would be clapping to hear that. But um, you know, it, it was interesting because Kane sent out, uh, I think, on Instagram, maybe on Twitter as well, just a little message. And many people, and when I read it, this is this was my reaction. It, it's it kind of felt like a goodbye letter. A very nice one, very gracious, um, but it just had that kind of tone. And he he did at one point talk about playing in the you know in the in the past tense being with the Oilers. So I, I have no idea what the situation was, but because of that note, because of the Oilers cap situation, um, the opportunity that Kane will have to get a big contract in other cities based on his play in Edmonton, um, I, I think people are are somewhat resigned to the fact that there's a there's a really good chance he's going to be moving on to another city. And, and I think most people are. Um, happy with how it worked out here. They, I certainly think he lived up to his end of the bargain, and so good luck to him. Whatever he chooses, you know, whatever is the best situation for him. Although I, I'm still holding out hope that it might be Edmonton. Well, same here. Uh, in a perfect scenario, I think Evander returns. I do think the Oilers uh, ultimately are going to need a similar type of player uh, if they do. If they can't re-sign uh, Evander Kane, David, I'm, I'm put put your GM's hat on. What sort of suggestions do you have? Well, 
Well, I like the I uh, I love the suggestion that Elliot Friedman made on your show. Um, he never last ne- he never mentioned a specific player, David. He, he did not. Yeah, he did so not. So I and, want David. And, David, but you do this about, all the time. You sit there and you jump on what people write. Okay, so or what people say on the air. So I'm I'm asking you, give me a solution. Don't sit there and say I like what Elliot said. He said they got to sit and wait for who's available. You know who's <laughs> look. You're on top of it. You know who's available. Name a player that is similar to Evander Kane that is available out there in free agency. I'll wait for you to do that. I'm not saying there is a player out there similar to Evander Kane in free agency. I don't think you can replace Evander Kane the way he played for the Edmonton Oilers. And, and here's here's what I would say, Bob. I watch the Edmonton Oilers. I do video review of the Oilers. I put a lot of time and effort into analyzing the Oilers. I, I don't do that with other NHL hockey players who are free agents. I, so when it comes to evaluating players on other teams, it would be I just it's out of my wheelhouse. I can't say based you know I can't give you a solid opinion. Let's say it's Josh Anderson. Like I could look at his contract and his his box number stats and what people are saying, but I really in the end can't give a solid evaluation of how he played with the Montreal Canadiens. Not enough that I would say like I recommend like I would recommend the orders going after that player it's just I, I mean I think that to put in the work um, to take to do that kind of evaluation of players on opposing team that is a ton of work I do it on the orders but I don't do it for for other teams I'm having fun with you. You know that. (laughs) So here's the thing. What what, what disappoints me is when, you know, I sit there and go, okay, because I know how the league works, okay? And I know for a fact that even though some of the hardcore analytics guys hate Josh Anderson and think that, yes, a Pugliarvi walks on water, that is not how a lot of hockey people see those two respective players. And so if we're looking, and hey, I'm the one that's nervous with Pugliarvi, okay? I'm nervous because I see Valeri Nichushkin and he went 91 games without scoring a goal and he's a 25 goal scorer this year and looks like a pretty effective middle six forward for the Colorado Avalanche. Now he's only at two and a half million. He's going to get paid in his next deal. So I'm very leery of uh, potentially trading yes to Pugliarvi. I just want to preface that. Okay. That being said, when I'm looking to Evander Kane, I I think the Oilers need what he brought. They need a big physical top six forward that can skate. And so how many guys are like that? Well, there's not too many out there. Like David Perron, as an example, is a UFA. I really like David Perron, but he's not an explosive skater. He, he is a guy that's got tremendous gamesmanship, and he's been highly productive. I'm sure St. Louis tries to resign him, but he's a UFA. But when I look at the guy that's closest that may be available, may, no guarantee he is. And the only reason why I'm thinking he may be available is because they're under new management. Right, and they he signed that deal when the Canadians were supposed to be good. Uh, the, the guy to me that was closest was Josh Anderson. If the Oilers couldn't get Kane done, that's why the suggestion was made on Josh Anderson. Now, let me ask you this, David. Let me ask you this. So, since uh, you didn't necessarily have uh, a solution yourself, do you agree or disagree that whoever comes here has a good chance to exceed the numbers they've posted anywhere else? Well, obviously, <laughs> excuse me. Obviously, they do, Bob. Here's what I'm. Here's the point I was trying to make about Friedman. Last year at this time, if you had asked any Oilers fan, okay, do you think in the playoffs they're going to make the playoffs next year? And the big part of the team are, is going to be Evander Kane, Zach Hyman, Cody Ceci, and Duncan Keith. People's minds would have been blown. No, no one 
except for Hyman possibly, no one was talking about any of those names coming to the Edmonton Oilers. And so, so the point that Friedman is making is there's going to be other situations with players that come up. We, he didn't mention any names either. We don't know what they are, but there, there's going to be names that nobody's thinking about right now that isn't on the tip of anybody's tongue right now that are going to be available to the Edmonton Oilers because of the situation with the Oilers and just the situ- the the uh, point you're making right now. Because they can play with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, because of the success of the Oilers, because Rogers Place is a great arena with great facilities for players, and the Oilers can now pay as much as they can. You know, They can pay up to the cap, top of the cap. There's all kinds of reasons now to come to Edmonton, and I think what, what's going to happen this summer is we're going to be ha- happily surprised. There's going to be one or two players we're not thinking of now at all who are going to be made available to the Oilers, and I don't think it's going to be necessarily through a trade where the orders have to give up um, this, that, or the other thing in order to get a contract like Josh Anderson. I mean, Josh Anderson, I think, is 28. He's going to be 29 next season, if I'm not mistaken. And he's got a, a deal that pays him $5.5 million for the next five years. So he is... He's an, Listen, he's a very good player. If there was no cap, of course you'd love to have Josh Anderson on your team and make that bet. But he also is given his age and injury injury history, which anyone can know, you don't even have to evaluate his play, he's an iffy bet for the next five years at that amount of money. Just like any power forward is at that age, they start to become iffy bets. So that's, in terms of a player like him, if you're asking me just like, what's my gut reaction to that, I'm, I'm leery of the Oilers making that kind of bet if they have to give up, let's say, a first-round draft pick or a really great prospect like Xavier Borgo. It sounds like, and I think Elliot Freeman is probably correct, there's going to be deals and players that we don't, we're not thinking about right now. They're going to pop up, and bam, the Oilers are going to be in a good situation. Yeah, I think Edmonton has a chance to build a really interesting top nine forward base, okay? Uh, I, I think they could. I think you could see... Put it this way. I want to reiterate this point. I've mentioned this at least twice on the show. I think ultimately Edmonton's going to end up with more cap space than people thought at the end of the at the end of the season. It's just going to work out that way. How we're going to get there, you know, there there there's some players that might might have currency. Maybe they don't. Maybe there's a mechanism that you deploy with one player. Maybe you trade another player. Maybe you trade two players. Who knows? I you know maybe there is a retirement. I mean I don't know what happens with Duncan Keith. I think it's about 30-70 that he retires. I, I, I think 70% chance that he returns. Uh, Mike Smith, I don't know. like you know, I, But it's funny. What I often find, David, is when guys are coming off tough years, nobody wants them. And then when a guy comes off a good year, everybody wants them. And, uh, and when guys come to Edmonton, everybody sees, seems to have good years playing uh, with McDavid and Drysaddle because that's how good they are. They can drive numbers too. So I'll throw a curveball at you. I'm going to give you a name, okay? Because I'm not sure Chicago is going to qualify this player. What about Dylan Strom? Well, he's had some good years on the attack. Um, we know that uh, Connor McDavid, I think, is, Strom, is friends with uh, the Strom boys. He played with Dylan Strom uh, in Erie. Um, he's got a really good shot. He's a big forward. He's a smart forward. He's a skill forward. Um you know, he's headed into the best years of his career, you'd think, as a forward. He's right in the prime of his career. So if he's not qualified and if he's free to come, that's the kind of player that you might be thinking. You know, you sign him up, at least you have a third line winger. And if he signs, <coughs> excuse me, a one-year deal, um, which is uh, friendly to the Oilers, that's a win-win. He gets a chance to come here, work his way up and play with McDavid or Dreisaitl. 
and the Oilers get a chance at a player who might uh, be putting up a, a good number of points. I mean, he, he's he's a great shooter. He's not a great skater. He's a big guy. He's a smart hockey player. I mean, that's that's the extent of what I know about him. I watched him closely last when he was with Erie when I was watching McDavid play every game um, in the playoffs that year. But um, he's looked good. So that's the kind of player. I mean, you also mentioned Connor Brown, I think, and uh, you know that's another interesting name. So there's I, I there's going to be all these. I've names all, you know up. I've I like Nick Paul and Connor Brown out of Ottawa for a while, right? I like you know, Nick Paul too. Yeah, he's a big, physical, good hockey yeah, player. Yeah, he's a good. Now he's going to get paid coming out of this. Uh, yeah. In Connor Brown's case, he's at the point where he wants to win, and so I'm going to be intrigued to see what happens. I, uh, you know, what would the asset required be? Ah, I don't know. I mean, if you're Ottawa, you you, you got to have players that play there, right? So we'll we'll see. And there's a strong OHL connection in Ottawa. Just keep that in mind. They, they've had a lot of history with a lot of OHL players, and that organization knows OHL players. So think of a couple guys that are on tweener contracts for the Oilers, and maybe one of those might make sense. Um, I'll be intrigued to see what happens. All right, defensively, Brian Lawton uh, was just on, talked about Nick Letty. Said Edmonton needs another top four guy. Now, we're not sure what's going to happen to Duncan Keith. Uh, what about Brett Kulak for you? Do you sign him or not? That is a really tough one. Because if, if you sign a bottom-pairing defenseman at $2 million a year for four years, that's a lot of money over a lot of time for a bottom-pairing defenseman. And, um, you know, what you'd hope to do with that particular particular position, if that's all he's going to be on your team, if that's what you're expecting him to be, is is to pay that player closer to the league minimum, not $2 million a year. So you can use that money on top line forwards, a goalie, that kind of thing. You know, that said, uh, he played very well in the playoffs. His skating is is excellent. He's he's in that he's in that, that great age for a defenseman like Cody Cece, you know, 27, 28, where he is he is going to he's going to be at his absolute best for the next three or four years. So you know, if there's an injury like um, like they experienced, uh, like you always experience with your top four D-men, he could be the Oilers kind of Chris Russell, Bob, where he is your bottom pairing guy and someone gets hurt and suddenly he's on the top pairing or the second pairing for a couple of weeks or, or, or a month. And he does okay there because he, he has that ability like Chris Russell did. So he could kind of fill that Chris Russell role. Chris Russell got paid a lot of money, but I think he actually lived up to his contract every single year because of what he, he, he eventually would work his way into the top four and give the Oilers uh, strong, sustained play in that position. So um, if it's four years at $2 million, given the fact that he's probably your fifth defenseman who's going to be moving up into the top four, I, I think that would be not a bad decision at all. Uh, have you been uh, piggybacking off of any tweets off of any transport ministers lately? <laughs> I can't believe that Omar... What I can't Algaraba, I think his last name is, is. Sorry for the mispronunciation. He shocked me when he said it was due to the science that they're, they're changing their minds because they were so adamant, you know, as recently as a few days ago that they're following the science and that's why they have to have all these rules in terms of flying around the country um, and flying into the into Canada and airports because of because of COVID. And now it's the science. Well, I, I mean, I just think it's it's they're just making people mistrust that term. Follow the science when it's used in such a political way. You know, they clearly got a lot of heat, part, partly due to uh, Ryan Whitney. Because uh, Whitney. we have people texting the show that says, Star for you're an idiot if you think it had anything to do. I, I know how these people operate. When they, I know how people operate. When they get external heat, sometimes they react a bit. But I, I do think ultimately the responsibility of any politician is to uh, honor the people that voted them in and be responsible to the constituents. You know what I'm saying, David? 
Whitney, Ryan Whitney came in, Bob, and said the emperor has no clothes. And suddenly everyone realized, yeah, they're completely naked on this one. Like, their position makes absolutely zero sense. And it was Whitney's comment that lit the bonfire. Just, just, it got, everyone was already super frustrated in Canada and upset about this. People who have been flying a lot are, 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 have been bothered by it. And his comment just put it right over the top, right away, and embarrassed the Liberal government. And if you don't think it had an effect, yeah, I, I agree with you, Bob, that they, they, if you don't think it had an effect, you don't know how governments, how people work and how governments work. That kind of pressure is irresistible. You, it's just so hard to, when the social media mob turns against you, and everybody did in Canada, it's like, yeah, Ryan Whitney's right. That makes a difference. Yeah, absolutely. David, how do people follow the cult of hockey? At D Staples on Twitter, Bob. Thanks for playing along, David. Thanks, Bob. Good to talk to you. Good talking with you. It's one. Yeah, bye bye. One twenty-three at Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan S. Scott, with you in orders now. When we return, we'll get to a couple texts. Some of you are making some others. You're coming up with suggestions. All right. So here's the deal: if the orders can't get Kane done. Who do they go grab? You text us right now on the Ashley Pine Floors text line, and we'll get to the orders now injury report as well. It is 126 in Edmonton. Want to mention a reminder that the Oilers Now Injury Report is brought to you all season long by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. James H. Brown, it's this simple. They're the best. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, and the gang at James H. Brown. All right, uh, Uncle Milt. Cars cost less than Wetaskiwin, and he'll tell you that uh, customers will say a good salesman will sell me one truck, a good service department will keep me coming back. Well, guess what? Those customers and some of their families have purchased more than 50-plus units from Brenton Ridge Ford over the course of the last 20-plus years. That same service department is one of the reasons that Brent Ridge Ford and Wetaskiwin just received their 11th President's Award winner from Ford for customer satisfaction. If you need maintenance or repairs in your vehicle, call Kevin Margie or Mike at 1-877-477-FORD. That's 1-877-477-3673. Into the Ashley Fine Floors text line for about two minutes. Uh, here we go. Uh, Bob, RFA and UFA realistic options. Zaka, Krauss, Strom, Appleton, uh, Mikheyev. That one comes to us from Carson. Uh, Blake and Airdrie says, Bob, I would uh, uh, like Kane back, but the rumors about the Brinkett are true. How are we not throwing everything we can at Chicago to get him? Uh, not one player is talented enough at this moment. Remember, we're going to need speed and skill to beat Colorado next year. Uh, Randy says, here we go. Why are we being leery of a 28-year-old who makes $5.5 million for five more years but are willing to throw four or five years at $6 million plus for a 31-year-old that plays the same style? <laughs> Pass on Kane. Find the next bargain bin guy that McDavid will turn into a $6 million player. That one comes to us from Randy. I, I was surprised how many people were passionately against the Josh Anderson suggestion. Yes, it's going to require assets. Uh, to my knowledge, multiple teams inquired about Josh Anderson from Montreal. You know why? There's a shortage of guys like that. It's the same reason why I keep bringing up the name Reed Schaefer out of Seattle, the Thunderbirds. He has Josh Anderson was a fourth-round pick. Reed, uh, Reed Schaefer is probably going in the first round. You know why? Because there's not a lot of guys that play hockey anymore that can skate, are big, and are tough and willing to back it up and can score. Those players are few and far. There's lots of guys like Matt Savoy that are highly skilled but aren't overly big, which is not to say he's not a tenacious good player that's going to be a very good offensive player in the NHL level. 
but the the real uh, you know unicorns of the world today in the NHL are power forwards. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson. When we return in Oilers now, we'll hook up with John Shannon for Legacy Eating and Cooling. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.